0: everybody (laughs) wow wow if you guys could have seen just how much we love and care about this podcast for the audio difficulties and scare we just had there
1: yeah the commitment is real but we were determined nothing was gonna stop us
0: and as you guys know thankfully we don't get sunday scaries anymore (laughs) so we're healed perfect (laughs) um wait I do have a question.
1: Is this plugged in? Little road thing? Yes. Okay,
0: great. Just checking. Uh, I think it.
1: Yeah, I don't think it would turn on otherwise. Mm hmm. Okay. I plugged it in right here. Okay. We can leave that in just so you guys really get a sense of the complexity of this. Yeah, (laughs) we want
0: you to feel like we're just like you. You're just like us. (laughs) We are our own tech guys right now. tech girls yep um we're out here rolling up our sleeves putting in the work there (laughs) here's our winner i know although that one was a jolted horn
1: i know it's a little
0: (laughs) jarring
1: well we just learned we can record our own and upload them so
0: if you have if any of our um, listeners are Oh my God, I love that. Unique horn
1: creator. Yeah. We would love a, to feature you. A special little tune. <laughs> or a little toot. <laughs> That's the first submission we need.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't wait to dive in today. You know what, guys? We were thinking about it. Mm. And we realized, you know, we've danced around talking about patterns and triggers in some of the other episodes, but we wanted to do an episode today just around what are our patterns how are they showing up what are our triggers how does it healing them actually take us out of defense mode and more into connection and understanding and compassion for ourselves and others so we're going to give you the insight and how to do that and Eileen do you want to share the more macro vision of today's episode as well
1: sure um I think it's so beautiful that as a collective in our society, we've come to bring these terms into our regular lingo and we talk about breaking patterns and ending the cycles Mm. and looking at it individually and generationally. And then I think now we can see the purpose of it on an even more macro scale. And I talk about the microcosm macrocosm so much, but it's because if, the lessons of our individual experience are not to be extrapolated into the larger whole than what are they for. Mm -hmm. It's not just to guide you on your next decision, but it's to be brought into something bigger. And I do believe that, you know, it's so hard to learn from someone else's experience. I think we do need to fundamentally experience things for ourselves to know them. But you can take things from small experiences and apply them to bigger experiences in simple terms. And I think that's what we need to understand. And those are the lessons that we can extrapolate without having to necessarily face each one. Um, But how can we bring the things we understand about ourselves and our small worlds into the big world?
0: Yes. I love what you say so much because with what's going on in the world right now and you know, always, and especially in recent times, so much divisiveness, so much like um, misunderstanding, yeah, fright, like fear, and, so
1: much fear. I feel, and
0: and kind of like otherizing of like this side or that side versus yeah. <clears throat> trying to understand our reactions, our fears, our generational trauma on on any side of the board. And how that's playing into how we're coloring a picture and one of my biggest life mottos as an international journalist and now as a coach and storyteller is the more we learn about others the more we learn about ourselves and the only way we can it's it's like you can't have one with the other and is it the chicken or the egg like mm-hmm. we have to take the time to learn about ourselves to then connect more deeply with others and to your point too like And we're very, Venice Beach is a high risk zone. (laughs) Um, You can also fall into self-indulgent rabbit holes of like constantly wanting to better yourself or doing these things and staying in your kind of spiritual
1: cycle in itself. Spiritual
0: cycle in itself where you're just talking to your other spiritual friends or you feel like you have the way figured out. And so it's truly a yes and of like understanding and cultivating awareness around our patterns and triggers doing the work on ourselves and then also applying it to the outer world, forcing ourselves to get out of our, our social comfort zones uh, to create bridges of understanding. Because ultimately, I believe that's the only way we heal and the only way we heal the world.
1: Yes, this is the power. This is what it's for. And I so agree with you. And I think I believe so fundamentally that peace is a possible reality for us. And I think we're so privileged to be sort of the observers here living a life that we were born into of freedom and peace for the most part. And I think it's then our responsibility to be that observer the same way we're the observers in our own minds of our thoughts and we take that role. Mm -hmm. We can be the observer on the larger stage and see where people are letting fear cause a, a reaction and and continue the cycle and old ancient pattern and where we can break that and envision something new and something that we know so deeply to be possible.
0: Totally. Yeah, and so to really take it back because this episode could be a whole Mm. encyclopedia. Yes. uh, We'll first break down to you guys, what the hell are patterns? Mm. Why do they matter? How do they show up intergenerationally? And, you know, what beliefs are they stemming from? And, like, how does that lead to triggers and reactive responses? And then kind of in within and beyond this inner work, what does it mean for us as a society at large? Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, so to talk about patterns, they aren't just beautiful things that you could color in or mm. textiles, but rather also sacred
1: geometry. Sacred <laughs> <Take your> geometry.
0: <laughs> but we're talking about the, the patterns in our life, the things that, um, that we tend to repeat. Um, and usually we tend to repeat these. And obviously you can have positive patterns, but the way we're referring to them today are usually things that we've outgrown that we continue to do from a place of reaction. But just to give you guys the quick and dirty, patterns are things that we've learned uh, from childhood that somehow help reinforce our worldview or keep us safe and patterns, even though like, and they might be forms of self-sabotage. Like you might find yourself asking yourself, why do I keep dating the same type of emotionally unavailable person over and over and over, which would be a pattern. Mm-hmm. And it might reinforce, help, re- help you reinforce your belief that you're not lovable yeah. because maybe something happened in childhood. And even though your intellectual mind might say, wait, I do want to, an emotionally available person. I do want to feel lovable. It actually can feel quite scary to our subconscious, or our inner child, because we've never allowed ourselves to fully sit in that feeling before. So we keep recreating situations that, in a way, are safe for us. Which is actually for us to be in constant fight or flight, or you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop because that might have been how we grew up as a child, or something that happened in our life that now that's kind of like our Um, response or reaction to the world
1: Mm, yeah it also I see it so much I've seen it in myself and I see it in people around me this pattern of things just keep happening to me like all this crazy stuff like I meet this nuts person or I get taken on this nuts adventure or like just the drama, like, you know, you can think of that person in your life who's always just like coming with the drama.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And, um, that's a pattern in itself.
0: And you're like, why does chaos always follow this person? Yeah.
1: And that's not a coincidence. Like, it's just not, no one is a victim. Um, and so it's all about taking yourself out of that and seeing, um, seeing the patterns that you're in that you might not even be aware of.
0: And as we mentioned probably for the hundredth time, mm-hmm. Carolyn Elliott, who wrote Existential King. Um, we talks, love you. We love you. You're so invited to be on our podcast. You would we'll
1: say it every time. You and
0: Taylor Swift. <laughs> and Oprah. And
1: Lana Del Rey.
0: Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Do we leave anyone out? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, so Carolyn Elliott in Existential King talks exactly about this, where it's like when we – when these things keep happening to us, rather than saying, why me? Why does this always happen? Why does chaos follow me everywhere? The most empowering thing you can do is actually taking radical ownership over it. How am I allowing this to keep happening to me? What am I doing to allow this? What am I doing to, in some ways, create this with my thoughts, what I'm putting up with, what I'm tolerating from other people who I know are in alignment with what I want to call in? And the most empowering thing, too, which kind of sounds like, I don't want to take full responsibility. That's an adult thing, and it's scary, or I just don't want to. Um, but actually, when you do take radical ownership over these patterns and your part in them, you can also then take radical ownership over what you choose to create next. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful because um, it allows you to first have the awareness of where is this pattern coming from? where can I trace it back in in my childhood? Why is it still showing up today? Like what unhealed or scared inner child version of me is still recreating it because it continues to give me this predictable result? And then what do I need to feel safe to then break this pattern and stretch my reaction time so it becomes a response instead of a
1: reaction? I love that. And I, I also want to just take a step back too. And Kind of just speak to the, the hidden ways that patterns can show up in your life in terms Ooh. of...
0: <laughs> the secret life of patterns. The
1: secret life of patterns. In terms of like the emotions they might be coming through as...
0: Yes, Eileen, great point.
1: So before we even recognize that we're in a pattern that we're stuck in, I always describe it as the undertow being stuck in the undertow because it's like the ocean is pushing you out and pulling you back. And you think when you gasp for air that you're out of it, but you're just getting pulled back in. And, um, so that's sort of my visual, which is quite intense, but that is how it feels. And then you just get splayed out at the end. Um, but anger is an emotion that really shields fear Mm -hmm. and protects us from feeling vulnerable um, but when I see anger in people now or in myself, I know instantly it's it's just it's fear completely directed in that in that emotion. and reactivity comes out of that we can defend it because we think we're just angry about something you know we're just we're simply addressing something that sparked an emotional reaction. but anger is not really a primary emotion. It's like a secondary that comes out of all of these other things mm-hmm. and so important to recognize that and see um, what's underneath it.
0: Totally, I love what you just said. Of like using these these emotions can often be kind of compasses of where to look and yes. what to heal. And so, like you said, anger is a form of of fear and a feeling like um, un, like something was unjust or unfair, but maybe you allowed it. Yeah. And then that's also like, yeah, where resentment comes from is when you had an unvocalized thing and you expect people to like read your mind or, you know, you were not admitting to yourself that you were people pleasing.
1: Yeah.
0: And then someone didn't do something back for you the way you had hoped. And now you feel resentful. Yeah. And so, and so like for an example of how we look to heal that, okay, why am I feeling resentful? Um. What did I not communicate to that person? Why did I not communicate it to them? What did I fear would happen if I communicated it to them? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to communicate to them to help alleviate this resentment? Or what boundaries do I need to put in place for myself? And so then it's like not making the emotion bad, but actually when we allow ourselves to feel it, get curious with it, cozy up, have a rooibos tea Mm -hmm. with it, you know? Yeah. Then resentment's like, here's what I was trying to tell you. And you're like, Wow. Thank you for that information. Would you like some stevia
1: in your tea? (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Stay a little longer. Tell me more. Tell me more.
0: (laughs) And that's why I always say with my clients like the two biggest things you need for self growth Mm. work compassion. Yes. For yourself. Yes. And for others. Yes. We're all doing the best we can with what we have.
1: Yeah. Um, And and, you need both to balance because if you only have it for yourself, it's going to be a rough road.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that goes with self-awareness around some of the dark side of spiritual development work. Yeah. Um, And then um, curiosity. Mm. I'm curious, like, why this happened? what part of myself do I need to heal? Or I'm curious, like, why that person's reacting that way toward me. Yeah. What part of them feels not enough or, like, they don't belong or that they're ostracized. Yes. Um. And if we kind of take this uh, to, you know, the larger world scope of, you know, radical groups or people who have otherizing opinions and this goes, you know, within and beyond yeah. America, you can find of course. this everywhere, unfortunately. Yep. But usually it's people who feel... Like not enough, they don't quite fit in, or they're you know, and they would never. You know, it's hard to, for us to admit this with self awareness yeah. tools that oftentimes it's so disguised in hate and yes. reflection of of rejection of some yes. part of themselves that they just reflect it onto others because then it gives them a sense of belonging with other people in this hate toward other groups. And it's so mm. obvious when you see it. Yeah. And it's also devastating because it's caused a lot of like horror and loss and trauma. Yeah. In our world. And so that's why kind of as we toggle between the micro and macro in this episode, having compassion and curiosity for ourselves and others and starting to say, I might not agree with you. Yeah. But I want to understand why you're hurting or where you're coming from or why you've developed this radicalized opinion that's where we start the healing and showing up as that bigger person, of course, in the situations where, you know, it's available to yeah. to hold that kind of space.
1: That was such a beautiful transition into the larger world. Thank you for taking us there with such compassionate words. <laughs> it's just so important. And I look out like you and I just see so much pain, not just for the people who are on the ground, um, but, you know, for everyone who's connected to these various situations, and of course, as Meredith said, we're not just talking about the Middle East or this one part of the Middle East. There are wars and genocides happening every day, all the time. Well and even just the constantly. American elections. yeah, <laughs> within our own, exactly. So it's like this is so, this is so um, so universal, yeah. but but, yeah, I just see that pain and I see how triggered people are getting and I think it's this awakening that those values of compassion and curiosity have to go so deep mm. and it's hard and I have to acknowledge it's frustrating to see people um kind of live in this cognitive dissonance which as humans we're blessed to have but it's like our power as humans is is in being able to transmute energy. Like yes. that really is what differentiates us from the animals that we've evolved from and, and that we inhabit this earth with is we can take something like anger and we can turn it into action and we can take a cognitive dissonance, this ability to hold two opposing ideas at once and instead of having it be something contradictory, it can be um, compassion for two things that don't seem to align together. Um, and... I think it's it's so hard to see people preach kindness and then promote something like war and violence because if if those are your values if kindness is a value and compassion is a value and curiosity is a value of yours that has to go so deep and it has to infiltrate every fiber of your being and it can't just be to address, you know, the surface level day-to-day of life it has to be it has to be in the hard questions too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the cognitive dissonance is is such a tough one that so many people, and I'm sure us to various degrees,
1: of course,
0: like deal with because no one likes to admit that they're not living in alignment. But there is so when we start to admit, kind of like with the radical ownership, like our own, you know, hypocrisies or misalignments. That's that's when actually people end up usually respecting and trusting us yes. more than when there's like this unaddressed elephant in the room. And I think that, um,
1: and that's where the breakthrough comes from.
0: Totally. And I think that in this work kind of to bridge the micro and macro is, you know, patterns come from how we experienced our childhood and how we were brought up. And those come from generations. Cause like our parents raised us the best they knew how, which, you know, if you came from, um, you know, a broken home or maybe a home where like your mom didn't want you to express Mm -hmm. any emotions or felt uncomfortable with you crying. Chances are that her mom made her feel uncomfortable for crying growing up and then her mom made her. And so it's this whole lineage that if we never take responsibility and we just say, oh, that's how my family is or that's how that's how we are. That's who I am. Yeah. It's kind of a lazy response um, to breaking the generational cycles, which then get us not only as our most empowered self operating for our, from our own highest self, new and true belief system. But it also gives excuses to decades and decades of violence that will never go away if we don't say my parents and their parents might have had these divisions. Yeah. But today I'm choosing to see you and your family and your generational ties as like having hurt and gone through your hardships and like what is our common ground here. Mm-hmm. And um, Amen to that. I went to, as I might have mentioned on the podcast, the Hoffman process. Yeah. Shout out to Hoffman. I love it. It was life-changing. My husband went to it. Um, Can't recommend it enough, Um, but it's, you know, all about looking at what beliefs and patterns we've kept from our parents and their parents, and actually on the onboarding, you have to like list like dozens and dozens of patterns and which parent did you get it from, and Even just that first step of awareness of like, oh wait, like I think I'm my my own person, but I'm operating from Mm. these things that it's not my fault. Yeah, but I just have been letting these things run as excuses in the background. And when you get to Hoffman, I'll never forget it. They have this sign that says, "It's not my fault, Mm. but it is my responsibility."
1: A moment for that. (laughs) Yeah, yes, and that is the juncture we're facing as this generation that's been paying attention to those generational cycles and going to programs like Hoffman. And now we're being called to take that and take a step back and take responsibility for our our larger response.
0: Totally. And I think that that's really empowering. And this work isn't easy. And um, it requires a lot of like, leaning into the discomfort like that first moment you're taking that ice bath or you know um jumping off the cliff bungee jumping it's Mm -hmm. like that first moment of fear of the unknown of the rush of you don't know what you're going to find but then you realize there's like whole new levels of depth yeah that you're unearthing and if you don't um Ever do that? It's just like you're going to always be in this constant state of running these programs in the background. Actually, one of the things that I have all of my clients do before or at like the second week they start working with me and in the upgrade group coaching program is I have them ask three people in their life, What are three patterns that I do that get in the way of myself? Mm. And it's like such an uncomfortable exercise, but everyone ends up saying it's their most profound one because. chances are we kind of subconsciously know what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's easy not to admit it to ourselves. but it just, A, it's very courageous to ask friends for that kind of feedback yeah, or family. And B, it just hits different when you realize that other people around you are seeing what you're doing to sabotage yourself. So true. From a place of love.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I think with family, it's hard because you, you really can see it. You get a front row seat into that. And I do just want to acknowledge a little bit of like a personal story or connection yeah. as it relates to the whole and oh my gosh, the micro, we both need to, for sure. Yeah, um, but my—I'll just talk about. I guess well, both of my parents come from a lot of trauma, um, but my mom's side comes from um, Eastern Europe, Jewish, Ashkenazi Jewish um, people who were just kind of nomadic and then immigrated here at the turn of the century. And as I've gotten older, I've been able to look back and see, see the trauma come out in every single decision and action that they've taken. And it's been wild to let myself see that and then let myself see how that was starting to affect me and the decisions I was making. And I also want to acknowledge, um, you know, like sometimes the answer for peace isn't resolution necessarily, but it's an agree to disagree. And it's just an agreement and an acknowledgement that still everyone deserves to live in their own version of peace, even if it's not a life that you think is worthy or deserving or, or
0: you don't agree with You it don't or, agree
1: with, exactly. I don't mean deserving of life. I mean deserving of...
0: Like your practices. Or exactly. Your belief system.
1: Yeah, and, um, and so sometimes you get to a point where you just have to recognize that while you don't want to be a part of it anymore, not being a part of it also means not antagonizing it and engaging with it and trying to instill what you... Think or know to be true on mm-hmm. someone else, and um, and leaving you know their life to them.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and it reminds me of um, what we were kind of talking about before the podcast of Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements. Yeah, and how nothing is personal. Yeah. Um, and when actually we have awareness around ourselves and our patterns and our judgments of people or when we're making assumptions of like my way is better than theirs or my belief system is better than theirs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when we just live and let live, but yeah. come from a place of, of non-judgment and curiosity, both for ourselves and our own practices, yeah, um, but also for others. That's when we can achieve true harmony. So and true. And that's the biggest Self-actualization is the allowance of other people to operate in their own way and to not feel like we need to control because, again, this comes back to micro now. I hope you guys are staying with us. We're, just
1: <laughs> we're, to- we're now going back and forth. We're just toggling <laughs> up
0: a storm, but don't worry. We will give you some takeaways of how you can look at your own patterns yeah. and um, if you're willing to walk through the wilderness with us. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. It's fun out here. It's fun out here. We out here. (laughs) I wasn't even expecting that one. (laughs) But yeah, it kind of is, again, um, when we do have that, we uh, oh yeah, self-awareness, we also don't feel threatened by other people anymore. Yeah. Because when you, this all I joke, we've joked in past episodes that if the whole world knew that they were enough, the world would be a different place. Yeah. Because so many, so much of like war, hatred, anger, like the patriarchy just comes from like scared little children internally, yep. not feeling enough, not feeling lovable, yeah. seeking their parents or someone else's approval, yeah. not fitting in, and so then they create like hatred or, uh, or anger or misogyny or things that they try to disenfranchise other people from their power, yep. so they can feel bigger.
1: Um, and we all see that. We we know an abuser, the abused becomes the abuser. Like that's, that's almost like a common trope in our society, you know, is recognizing.
0: Right. And I think it's also recognizing it, not when it feels like, you're or yes, to like what we're seeing in the headlines, that's obvious, but also in these microaggressions. That's what I mean. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. In the micro moments too, when it's even just like gossiping about someone because then it distracts away from the areas of your life that yeah. you don't feel enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, or um, ghosting or rejecting someone who's put themselves out there for you not Mm -hmm. giving them an explanation because then it makes you feel more powerful when that person was bold in their vulnerability.
1: Yeah, or I think about like the bully in school, you know, like that's another classic example of like the bully is always the kid who's, you know, struggling with something. Totally. It's not an excuse, but that's the reality.
0: And so that's why it comes back to the, yeah, compassion and curiosity because if we can look and see where that insecure part of ourself is coming out. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've felt like lowest vibe or lowest energy, like most gossipy version of myself when I was the most insecure. Version yeah. of Myself. Yeah. And so it's like, if we can look at where is that coming from? Why am I hurting? Yeah. What part of me do I need to heal right now? Um, and we can heal that in ourselves. Then we're able to view other people with so much more compassion and curiosity for where they are at right now, too. Totally. And so, yeah, I guess the, kind of in thinking about the like larger picture of of all of this internally and externally, kind of what we were saying with Venice is like it's this balance between doing the internal work on ourselves, but then putting ourselves. In situations where we're not just around people like us yeah where we're talking to other people where we're learning their stories where we're remaining curious instead of judgmental yeah um and that's kind of what ultimately then breeds understanding versus you know on either side remaining in ignorance and or we've definitely seen it in venice where there are some people who go down a self-development rabbit hole or have a profound experience and then just want to like you know, do more, do more and more and more. And the next thing, and then I, when I do the next thing, then I'll be healed. Yeah. And, or I want to teach it to other people. Yeah, I want exactly. to have like the God complex
1: around it. Yeah. And, or prove that I know it that much. And the only way you can prove it is to, living in the world integrated yeah. with everyone else.
0: Totally. And that's why I think it's like this balance of like integrating it and of course sharing it with other people, Uh, but also knowing that you're enough every step of the journey. And so is someone else, even if they are a step or two behind you in terms of discovering something. And also they might not need to discover it in the same way you need to.
1: Yeah,
0: um, And so it's like, this worked for me. This helped bring me healing and peace. I can look at what they're going through with compassion and curiosity, but I also have zero idea if like my way would be helpful for them or not.
1: Exactly. And they might need
0: to do it their own way. And I think that would read more. Positive understanding in the larger world and in Venice is just, like, a funny thing where we say it can be, like, a spiritual circle jerk sometimes. Totally. Uh, but, my God, we love it here <laughs> with a healthy dose of self-awareness.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, as much as we acknowledge these these sort of mishaps, we're here, we're attracted to this place because of going back to these core values that we have. and Totally. It's really, really rare, both you and I have traveled the world and lived amongst a lot of different societies and it's so rare to be in a place that really holds these values true and allows for freedom and and compassion and experimentation in this way and I just feel like I wanna share that in whatever way we can.
0: Totally, no, I agree
1: for sure. And I I know you do because you're the queen of Venice. Oh my
0: God. (laughs) Oh my God. Shut up. Go on. Uh, (laughs) No. Yeah. And I think it's like with all of these things, it's like whatever works for us. And, you know, I think maybe I was even, you know, for having a real life internal coachable moment right now I probably even referred to it as a spiritual circle jerk in Venice because I was triggered by that because at one point maybe mm. I was in that in, in deep yeah in the pendulum swing of that too and now
1: sure.
0: yeah and it's having that compassion and awareness of where we are every step of the journey
1: Yep,
0: and um connecting with other people so should we bring everyone home? Let's do it. On what their patterns are? Yeah,
1: a little meditative moment. A
0: little meditative calm. moment, calm. And so when we go into this meditation, we'll think of one pattern in general, and we'll do a little tracing around it of um, what you, where you might have found it from and what you want to alchemize it into moving forward. And we have so much else we could Talk about with patterns, um, but I will say before we get into it that when you can identify your patterns, where they come from, what part of you needs extra love and healing, um, and then like how has that been showing up for yourself? How has it been maybe closing you off from other ideas or people, and what becomes possible when you? transform that pattern and what is the new and chosen response that's where the true growth happens but sometimes you have to acknowledge like what do you fear will happen if you um acknowledge or, or sorry change that response in, in addressing addressing all of it and to just to add to that before the medi and the journaling um victor frankel mm. who wrote man search for meaning yes Well, this quote is attributed to him, but I've looked it up on Google before, and some people say Victor Frankl didn't say it, but...
1: I I love that follow-through. I always... That diligence.
0: Well, because that's, like, one of my deepest fears. That's so true. I quote (gasps) someone, and they're like, that person didn't say it. So just so you guys know, do your own research on who...
1: Always. Who said this quote, but... Always do your own research.
0: But Victor Frankl said, between stimulus and response, there is a space... And in that space is a choice. And in that choice is our freedom.
1: (gasps) Wow. Yeah. Don't you just have a great visual with that? It's like the little seed within the seed within the seed. Totally. And that's where you have like this infinite space.
0: Totally. And I actually view it as like, um, you know, like this stretchy thing, like you're stretching Mm. your awareness. Yeah. And so instead of just reacting with like your generational habits or trauma, um, you're, Ooh, I noticed this thing is happening again. I notice it. I notice that fire in my chest. I would usually shut down or I'd usually scream or at this person or like react, like not in a good way, but today, like I am going to make a new choice. And in that new choice, it refers, reinforces a new belief pattern maybe one about you being enough or you
1: being lovable or you being capable exactly because that's the whole thing we didn't really mention but sort of implied is that humans are always going to operate by patterns but the point is you have to replace the ones you don't want with Mm -hmm. something new
0: right with something new that does serve you and your vision for the world yeah okay everyone so with that We will get in a comfortable seat or meditative state, taking a deep breath in, open mouth exhale, another deep breath in, exhale, sighing it out, and then third and deepest breath in, holding at the top, calling forth the pattern that you want to look at, exhaling it out. As you call forth this pattern, just noticing in your mind's eye how this pattern is showing up in your life right now. Maybe it's around your partnership or your professional life or things that you feel keep happening to you in some area of your life. Maybe you feel like it's happening in your communication. And now we're going to imagine that you're walking, you're walking in a forest, feeling the leaves crunch beneath your feet, and you come to a spot in the forest with a little, little sign with your pattern on it. And it has a shovel next to it, and you start digging. You start to see this root, the root of the pattern. You keep digging and digging almost like you're digging three floors underground. So you get to the very root of the pattern, the first place that you felt or learned this. And you feel into the root of the pattern. And as you touch the root, a portal opens up and you step through it and it enters you into a scene from your childhood where you first learned this pattern. Noticing how old you are in the scene. Noticing who else is in the scene with you. Noticing how your younger self acts in the scene. your younger self started to believe that somehow this pattern would keep them safe. And then you go up to your younger self and you place your hands on their shoulders. You ask them, why do they feel like this pattern will keep them safe? Just asking them with so much love and curiosity. Why did they develop this reaction or pattern? Trusting whatever answer comes up. And then asking them what they fear will happen if they don't continue acting in this pattern. What is their fear? Why do they keep doing it over and over? And then ask them what they need from you to know that you've got them, that you love them no matter what, that they can trust you as you break this pattern together. What does your inner child need from you? And then giving them a hug, assuring them that you love them no matter what, that you're so proud of them. And then You feel them relax as you give them this hug and then you go back through the portal to the root and you start to climb up the the sides of the root. And you notice a portal, a second portal, and you go through it and it enters to a scene from your old age where you've replaced this pattern with a new and empowered belief. Noticing your old self, who feels freedom on the other side of this empowered new belief. Noticing your old self's energy, their demeanor. Noticing how it's strengthened various parts of their life. How it's opened them up to possibility or new connections or deeper intimacy. And then approaching your older self and asking them what they did to break this pattern. What is their new choice that they've made? Letting them answer. And then asking them for a piece of wisdom that you can carry with you as you work on alchemizing this pattern. What's a piece of wisdom they have for you? Thanking them, giving them a hug, and then getting back on the other side of the portal, climbing up the root, climbing all the way back up so you reach the forest once more. Breathing in this extra spaciousness in your lungs of this new awareness. Taking a deep breath in. Exhale, releasing the vision. And then another breath in. And exhale to open your eyes and come back into this space.
1: Okay. Wow. I feel like your meditations defy and space oh
0: my gosh I it's like a
1: whole journey <laughs> receiving that that was really beautiful
0: thank you thank you thanks for coming along the journey with me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the whole intention of these kind of meditations is understanding the root where usually if we can understand what our inner child needs and Reassure them and even after these meditations, I like to suggest writing a letter to your inner child, um, letting them know, like acknowledging their fears, acknowledging why they've held on to this pattern and then letting them know that they're safe with you and then taking forth that wisdom from our older self and getting to vision who we are and how we are on the other side of our pattern Mm. and how that creates more opportunity for connection
1: I love that.
0: And so, hopefully, you guys got to do that with us, or you can always revisit the podcast if you weren't at a place where you could do the meditation. And then I would ask yourself, like, you know, we'll pick one pattern to look at with these journaling prompts, but then you can always apply it to other patterns. But where did this pattern come from? What, what is my first recollection of doing it? How does some part of me feel like this pattern keeps me safe in some ways? What belief about myself does this pattern stem from? Is it belief that I am not lovable, I'm not capable? If I don't do it perfectly, I'm not enough. What is the belief if we're really honest with ourself? Um, what do you want your new empowered choice to be? And then what is one step that you can take to start stepping into that new choice? Because as we start to step into that new choice, that actually gives our brain new neural pathways, which then reinforce new patterns, which then reinforce new beliefs, which then change our world, which then then change the world.
1: I love that. I wanted to do a little macro question too. Yes. Let's add it in there. Uh, Kind of taking one of your ideal scene ideas, but if you could design or envision your own utopia, your own world, your community of ideal, ideal presence and all of that, what would it look like? And then look at it and see where it's out of alignment with the reality, with the community that you're in or the ideals that you're living by or the world that you see. And I think recognize, um, write down what those gaps are and just know that idealism isn't naive or foolish. Mm. It's the reason that we're alive on this earth. And if you're born here and you're born into privilege, and you're listening to this, that is your capability. That is your purpose to imagine something beyond what already exists and move us forward.
0: Yes. I love that. That was a beautiful tie-in.
1: Thanks. Yay.
0: <laughs> and it all starts with us. And while these you know, world headlines and heaviness of the world and what's going on can feel so overwhelming... Just knowing that you showing up and doing the work on yourself, yeah, replacing judgment with curiosity for yourself, replacing compassion, or yeah, judgment with compassion for yourself as well. yeah. Um, and then when you can give it to yourself, you can give it to others. Like we always talk about the oxygen mask on yourself and the oxygen mask on others. Yeah. And so just start there. Yeah. And it might not seem like you're doing a lot, but you're actually creating these butterfly effects.
1: Yes. The butterfly effect is it. That is the, the change. It's not the big hammer down. It's mm-hmm. the tiny little ripples.
0: Yeah. The grassroots movement. The grassroots. How Obama
1: won. Grounds up.
0: Yeah. And yeah. many, many other, you it's know. the only way. It's the tiny shifts over time, baby. Yeah. Let's were, do it. <laughs> there was something else I heard. I think it was like in a yoga class once, but like when we heal ourselves, we, we impact 8,000 people.
1: Because if you think about if you look at your web, kind yeah. Of, if you
0: think about your unique, I believe that community, and then how then they show up for their community. And the degrees of
1: separation, yeah. And so, oh I my think god, I want to do like a like a visualization
0: around that. Yeah, I
1: know. We a little should. data visualization.
0: You're so powerful. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for coming on this micro-macro pattern journey with us.
1: Thank you. Truly
0: explaining the inner and outer world, and
1: thanks for staying open
0: yeah yeah when we do the work on ourselves, and we get to know others and that's where the true magic happens
1: it really is
0: that's where the most power lies yes with great power comes great responsibility yes spider-man
1: let's face our pain
0: let's face our pain let's alchemize it yes into a pleasure let's know that we're enough yeah sound good i believe in us (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Powerful, Powerful Stuff. We love you. Thank, you. Thank you for listening to the Powerful Stuff podcasts. We're your hosts, Meredith
1: Baker and Eileen Laguio. We hope that you learn some powerful stuff that you can take away and implement into your own life.
0: And if you do, we would love it if you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, Powerful Stuff. And if something deeply resonates with you and you share it on social media, tag us. We would love to hear from you. And we will also see you next week for some more powerful stuff.